participation. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronco 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of... Uh, former Bellator fighters Liz Carmouche getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who of course uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check him out. If you're at home, check him out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... The Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Tuesday, May 16th, 2023. Hello again, everyone. I sure hope you're doing well. It is so great to be here with all of you on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon in New York City. And yes, I am not in studio right now. That is because, as I told you, I am off to Dublin in a matter of hours. But there is massive news going on in the world of fighting, in the world of mixed martial arts. It's a very, very, very big day. It's an important day. It's a breaking news-ish kind of day. And so we had to do a special Choo Choo Tuesday edition of the program. Now, 
Uh, we are live right now, so lest you think we are pre-taping this, lest you think that we are, uh, you know, we are running a, I don't know, a, a premiere that isn't live. No, we are live. I see you, uh, OC. I see you, Tech. I see you, Nova Primetime. I see you, Steven Dawson. I see you, Lajuan Dream. We are live and in living color, and we are here for one reason and one reason only. I told you yesterday that we'd be doing a Tuesday show. I didn't tell you who would be on the show that's because, you know, I was allowing the process to play out. But this morning at around 5 a.m. Eastern Time, we got the news via the Professional Fighters League and via the New York Times that Francis Ngannou has signed with the PFL. His MMA home is now with the PFL. His boxing home is still TBD, but we now know the answer to the MMA side of the question, and that is he is headed to the PFL. In a matter of moments, we are going to be joined by the man himself, the most talked about person in combat sports right now, Le Predateur, the lineal heavyweight champion of the world. He is joining us live on this program in a matter of seconds. As always, we are presented by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Please use the code MMAHOUR when you sign up again. That's code Hour only at DraftKings. Thank you very much to Squarespace as well for their support. This is how the PFL broke the news earlier this morning. Check it out. No one has ever been in his position. Heavyweight champ walks away. We don't know the end result. He could sign tomorrow for the most money anybody's ever signed for in fighting history. Francis Ngannou is the lineal heavyweight champion of the world. And so we'll see what he does. I chose the PFL out of everyone in order to change the game of MMA. For whoever feel ready, I'm the baddest motherfucker on the planet. I'll be fighting in the pay-per-view super fight division. It has always been my goal to control my own destiny. When somebody feels respect, you get the best out of the person. The reason why I signed with the PFL is because of their willing to develop the sport. Most importantly, in Africa, I stand for my people, for my community, I fight for them. And to get something like this to bring back home is like a huge accomplishment. Along with the PFL, now that I'm in the position to speak, to fight for those who doesn't have a voice, because at the end of the day, it's fighter first. Fighter is the one doing the sport. At the end of every accomplishment, there's another challenge. That's how you build your own legacy. So there you have it. The deal gives Nganu equity and leadership roles in the PFL. He's expected to fight in the promotion super fight pay-per-view division next year while hopefully competing in boxing this year. It's an MMA-only agreement. Like I said, the boxing deal hasn't been announced just yet, but also, which I'm sure we will find out is very important to him, he is going to become chairman of the newly launched PFL Africa and will serve on the company's advisory board to represent fighter interests. Without further ado, let us talk to the Le Predateur himself, the pride of Cameroon and France, the one and only Francis Ngannou, joining us live right now from Las Vegas. Francis, félicitations. Thank you for joining us. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good. I'm doing fantastic. It's a, well, it's a beautiful day out there. <laughs> uh, I, I, I can imagine. It's a very exciting and beautiful day. Could I ask, I was wondering about this. 
5 a.m. the Eastern Time, 2 a.m. Pacific Time, the news is announced, New York Times, PFL. Are you awake when the news is announced? Like, you know it's coming, or did you stay up, or are you fast asleep while the entire world is talking about this? I tried to sleep, but um, I couldn't sleep. I had uh, I had a night nap like uh, early in the evening because I was so tired. Then I couldn't sleep anymore. I set my alarm uh, for four four a.m. for the sports center stuff, but I couldn't sleep until then. Yeah, I can understand. A very exciting day. How does it feel? Again, there were two avenues that we were all waiting on, right? The boxing announcement, the MMA announcement. The MMA announcement comes first. Now that this is out there and people are starting to realize, and we're going to go through everything, what you wanted, what you fought for, what was important to you, now that the world knows at least one side of the equation, how does it feel knowing that the rest of the world knows what you knew for the last few months? Oh, it feels pretty good. Not only because the rest of the world uh, know, but because I get uh, I get a pretty good deal uh, for myself. I get what I wanted, and even better. So, couldn't expect couldn't expect anything more. So, there's a huge uh, relief after that. Like you, I, I feel like I uh, finally take a breath. You know, so very very good feeling. You called it a pretty good deal. Is there anything that uh, you wanted that you didn't get? Um, no, I mean, no, like you, you can ask for the sky. I, I wanted reasonable things that uh, I finally get uh, them. And then I even get more. Like there was some stuff on the table that uh, um, I didn't even mention, like the PFL Africa being in the uh, in the work for like uh, the past two years I, I didn't even have to ask that there was already uh, have it and they put it on the table and now I'm like damn this is what we are talking about and from the moment that uh, on the first call uh, when I spoke with uh, Peter Mary which is the CEO of PFR and then he mentioned this and I'm like yes and what is that like because I I know that people will come uh, with a lot of BS, like blah, 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 blah. Then he kind of explained to me, and then I'm like, what's your vision about that? Then he explained, and I was just listening, like, okay, make your show, but if, you, if you're joking, I'm going to cut you. But he seemed very serious, and I see the vision was like real, and I'm like, hmm, I think this is it. But I couldn't tell him right away that this is it. But just the vision of that, I'm like, okay, I'm 50% in already before we start to talk, uh, before the first contract ever been sent out, the first, first proposal uh, ever been sent out, I was already in, like uh, I was already enthusiastic uh, with all the things that he's saying. And even the fighter advising board, you know, something that I asked for, they had it already. That was something that was already in the PFL and uh, people like Randy Kutu is in that board. I will just be the first active fighter joining the fighter advising board, but the fighter advising board in the UF, uh, PFL been existing uh, since a little while. Okay, so um, again, we're going to go through the details, but I'm just curious, in January when we spoke, after the news came out that you were parting ways with the UFC, in the back of your mind, were you already leaning towards the PFL? Did you like what they were doing? Or was it was it really just wide open? Were you... 
you know, willing to talk to everyone, wanting to talk to everyone, and had no favorite at the time. Because, of course, we, we all remember the photo of uh, your mother wearing the T-shirt. And so people have now gone back to that photo of her wearing the PFL T-shirt and thinking like, oh, maybe you had your sights set on the PFL before we even knew that this was a possibility. Well, um, I didn't have my sights set on the PFL. Um, but, you know, as they said, mom knows best. So she, <laughs> that, that was a sign. She was sending me a sign. I didn't hear. I didn't know. Uh, at that time, my mind wasn't even about it. So I didn't have my uh, sight on the PFL until I spoke with P the first time. That was the moment that I started to favor the PFL from what they was bringing uh bring it put it on the table which was their vision their own vision wasn't even something that i i didn't have to ask for a lot of things that uh, on this contract i didn't even ask for, have to ask for it was just a work in the process that they took me to work on it together and could you tell us do you recall the first time you met P- peter murray um we, he was zoom call no, I, I, I know, but like, was it January, February? Like, how how far back does the relationship with him go? Like, did he reach out to you the moment no, he, he was became in, free? It was in January. It was in January okay. after I became a free agent. That's where we we spoke. But I, um, I have seen him before. I have uh, seen him before. I attempted one PFL uh, fight in Florida a long time ago. Um, I saw him there. And and in your perfect world, like back then in January, when you were thinking about how this would all play out, were you initially hoping to announce the boxing news first? Is that what you wanted? Because we find out with this deal that the boxing is probably going to come first. But were you hoping to announce the boxing news first? And and, and and if so, why didn't you announce the boxing news first? Well, yes, I was hoping. Um, and... Um... You know, this is like a kind of like a uh, Wild West to be out here and trying to figure things out. So things play play out differently. The timing sometimes can be uh, very differently. Uh, sometimes stuff work out, but the timing has to be right. For example, this, this deal with the with PFL, I was set on this deal uh, almost. I think over two months ago. I I look at this deal and I, and then I'm like, okay. What do you want? I'm like, I think this is a great deal. You know, like, I think this is cool. I don't want to be greedy. Uh, this deal is cool. Then they were, then we, we were trying to figure out the uh, But obviously, like, okay, there's still maybe one or two things to, to talk about it. But I think this is a great deal. So, but the timing wasn't right for us to sign yet or to make it official. So we keep it there. Uh, which we just recently signed. And, so it and was way, a lot of things about timing. Okay, and and if you knew that this was going to be the deal two months ago, why did it take so long to announce it? As I said, we were trying to figure some stuff out that wasn't work on the timing um, okay. on my end. I didn't sign two months ago, it. so he wasn't signed. He wasn't signed. Okay, and the, and the reason I ask that is because, as you know, recently it seemed like a lot of public pressure was being put on you. Like, what's taking so long? What's taking so long? What's happening here? Are you paying attention to that stuff? And if so, is that making you anxious to close the deal and to announce the deal? 
no, that's my business. I don't care what what uh, people have been waiting doing for. You know, uh, first of all, this decision uh, is is a huge decision for myself for my life. So I have to take everything in consideration. Um, before um, all those things being said, like I left Cameroon uh, in uh, on Friday, I think it was the twenty seventh. Uh, yeah, but by the time I had a call with P, and we have to meet here on Tuesday, and uh, I had to even stop in in LA to meet Chatri. But I had a meeting with P here on Tuesday, and uh, I was ready to move. Okay, so let let us talk about um, the actual deal. Could you tell us, Francis, um, how many years is this deal for, or is it how many fights? Like, because I know they go by seasons. So is it for you know, X amount of fights or X amount of years? And could you tell us, if possible, how many? Um, it's not about years. Uh, it's about fights. Let's just say it's not for many fights. I'll keep it that way. It's for multiple fights. Um, but most importantly, uh, what you have to understand here, this is a part, uh, like a partnership, uh, strategy partnership. Like, for example, PFL Africa. It's not going to be something for two, for two years. It's for life. Mm. You understand? Right, right. Like, uh, yeah, do, that is something that we're going to work on it, like, basically forever. So there is not a time, time limit on that. The amount of five years uh, doesn't really matter. We are already in the business. And then uh, even if we have had a certain limitation of fight, uh, that's that's easy to work on. Okay. Uh, is it more than two? Close to two. Okay. Um, and <laughs> that, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, you will not be a part of their tournament, right? You'll be uh, strictly fighting under the pay-per-view super fight umbrella. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. any chance you fight, like, you know, they have a deal with ESPN. Is there any chance they put you on ESPN or is it just pay-per-view only? Um, I don't know. ESPN is not their U.S. distributor. Pay-per-view ESPN distributor. is their U.S. distributor on TV. And then, you know, they're, they, they have ESPN plus this and that, and they've done one pay-per-view, but they could be on regular ESPN. And so I was wondering if there's any sort of situation where you would just be in front of millions of people on ESPN, the channel, not the pay-per-view platform? Um, or is it just pay-per-view? No, I think it's just pay Then I think it's just pay-per-view. Okay. I saw the great video that you uh, posted on your YouTube channel, which I urge everyone to check. It's the Francis Ngannou YouTube channel. And you talked about, don't worry about me, I have a great guarantee. Um, could, could you know Because the numbers have been thrown around a lot, because you were very honest about what you were getting in the UFC, uh, other promoters have talked about what they offered you. Is there any way you could tell us what or even close other to what your promo- guarantee other is? Other promoters have, have been talking about what they are offering me. Yes, and I'm going to ask you about them in a oh, minute. No, no. That's, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of BS, so don't, don't mind that. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Could you tell us like what range this guarantee number is? Uh, you mean the numbers itself? Yeah, if, oh, if, if you're pre- comfortable. Uh, for myself, I get myself a pretty good guarantee. Uh, and guess what? They, they put even a guarantee for my opening. And I think this is something that uh, Chachi wants to leverage about it because I told him about it. 
the, the put my opponent is going to have a base salary of a guarantee of two million when he fights. So, and then the, that's just the guarantee, maybe uh, the the basic. So it depends if he's like he have a leverage to negotiate. He can negotiate and ask for more. That's his own, but he's, he will be having a minimum of two million. And uh, yes, we guarantee that. But as far as mine, I get a little more than that. Let's let's say that. Okay. Oh, uh, pay per view points. Than, little more than that. Hmm? Pay per view points, right? Yeah. Of course. Um, so I'm happy that you mentioned that guarantee for the opponent because uh, it seemed like it was being twisted into you trying to limit what your opponent was going to make. In reality, what you're telling us is that you have put in your contract that anyone that you fight is going to make a base of $2 million. You will not allow them, the promotion, to pay your opponent, whomever it is, less than $2 million. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. I didn't want, um, I didn't want to get in the fight uh, that I'm going to fight someone uh, that work his way to, to be in that position. Then they give me all the money, then just give him a little pennies, then he move home. Then I'm like, oh, I fight. No, I, I, I think that wasn't fair. I'm like, okay, if you are willing to pay this to me, but what else is on the table? Like what my opponent can get? Because yeah, if some guy getting in the ring with me, in the octagon with me today, he must be the guy, right? There's no question about that. He must be the guy. So we both are going to perform. He always needs to do tango. And if you tango with someone, you have to take that in consideration, right? It's your partner, regardless of the fact that you are fighting, you are in the same side. And you, if I was in his shoes, I would have liked to be uh, to get that opportunity. You know this is unprecedented, right? In, in the history of MMA, I've never heard anyone ask for something like this. Why was it so important for you to do this? Because I didn't want to if they give me a lot of money and then don't get don't pay my opening, I will feel like, oh, I came and I collect everything. You know, like sometimes uh, some uh, in this business, some, what I have learned is that this is little is little weird, right? And they can cut somebody pay to pay you because that's what they want. That's you that they want. And I didn't want to have that feeling, even though he wasn't true. I didn't have want to have that feeling that it's all about me. It's about fight and it's about fighters. And yes, let's make sure that the guy that I'm fighting um, is going to have his own money. He's going to have a proper training camp. He's going to afford uh, a good training partner. He's going to afford anything that he needs to be at that level, you know. Uh, so... He was an easy work to do, basically, with PFA. I didn't even have to fight for it. Uh, they were just down, like, they were just, like, done, you know. That is good to hear. So we've talked about around the number of fights. We've talked about that it's MMA exclusive. We talked about how much your um, opponent is going to make, at least the base, that you're getting guaranteed money, that you're getting pay-per-view points. The other thing that we've learned is that you get to pick your sponsors. Now, I just wanted to ask you about that because PFL has a uniform, but they also allow, to the best of my knowledge, 
two sponsors that you could go out and get your yourself if you're a fighter. So it's not like the UFC deal where you know you wear a sponsor, you may get a cut of that, or you wear a sponsor, you don't get a cut of that. Or it's not like Bellator where you could just wear whatever you want. Could you tell us about your specific sponsorship deal? You can just put, can you put as many sponsors as you want? Can you, uh, no, I think is there an X amount, how much? I think it's about two or three. Just as a, as they're the same fighter, but and he also has to be approved according to like what the promotion sponsor are. So, which is exactly what I, I've been asking even at the UFC, you know. Uh, and the reason why that point was very important for me because two years ago, uh, just after the Stipe fight, uh, we were having a before Crypto.com announcement come up. We were in a close deal with another crypto uh, company for over a million dollar of contract i'm talking about money that i'm not making fighting right at, right at that time and uh, i lost that money just because that they have a sponsor but what do i have about that sponsor nothing i just have to walk around with this uh, logo on my shirt and didn't even have a say so and uh i've been i've been asking about that like okay it is not fair because that's the hurt uh, by the time I was negotiating that to hurt, like the deal was was done. It was done. And uh, just one week before, you see like over a million dollars fly away like that. Mm. The money that you never had. Okay, so uh, the sponsorship thing is very important. Now, I want to ask you about the uh, Fighter Advisory Board, which if I'm being honest, I heard about at the beginning of PFL, but you don't hear much about it. And to me, when I when I think of an active fighter, having a seat at the table on behalf of the fighters, this feels like the closest thing that we have seen to an actual union of sorts, because I've often said like the fighters don't have a seat at the table. There is no collective bargaining. There is no voice for the fighters, right? A company signs a deal, slap the logo here, slap the logo there. Oh, we're going to do a TV deal here. We're not going to give you percentage. What exactly does it mean when you say you are now a part of the fighter advisory board? Like what kind of conversations are happening? What kind of voice do you have on this board? Exactly the kind of conversation that we just spoke about that like my opponent have to have a guarantee money. That's what's going to be happening. And then that's what uh, you're going to be hearing about more often, you know, uh, because that's that was the reason. That was like, I was uh, speaking on that basically kind of like a fighter advisor. You, wow. you understand? Yeah. yeah. So that's exactly what's going to be happening. So fighter, fighter advisory board is a um, board that is there to advocate for fighters who doesn't have voice, who are not all there, although uh, they are not on in the table, but they are the one making the sport. Promotion doesn't make sport. Fighter makes sport. And people seem to forget that. Would you like to see more active fighters on this board? Of course. I wish so. I wish to see... Is that possible? More fighters. I think it's possible. Uh, and I'm going to do my best. I'm going to be speaking out uh, and even trying to engage some people to yeah. be part of it because it's not it's not it's not me it's not about me you know um, and the reason why um, i'm on this one is just because i was the one right there and then they kind of like put it in the deal but it's not really a position that i want 
it's not like something that I really want to like, okay, I want to take a front. I just wanted somebody there that I'm sure that, okay, this guy is fighting for fighters. Then I don't, I don't, from there on, I don't care about the fighter. I, I don't care on being there or not. You know, it's not a job for me. Okay. Chairman of PFL Africa. Um, we know they just launched PFL Europe. We had heard that they want to expand to these other regions as well. What does that role entail for you? What what will you be asked to do as chairman of PFL Africa? Um, first, that I think that's the most most uh, exciting part of this deal for me. Uh, besides, I mean, this is the big for me. This is the big uh, part of this contract, the PFL Africa type, uh, because that get me uh, that get me excited more than anything else and then uh no being a chairman is just like uh i will be honoring and then like help to build pfl in africa since i have been working on uh on sport in africa uh, on mma in africa in cameroon for uh about five years now i have a foundation that uh do the same work and now we recently uh one year and a half ago we have a partner that's that to help us to build gyms, uh, and then we have we 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 almost finish our gym, which is a massive gym with a five thousand five hundred seat uh, attendant uh, on the second floor to do like small events for fighters to improve their skill and have experience. Uh, so and then I from there I'm like it's good if we have more partner that will help because me myself I can't do anything. But now with the PFL vision about this, uh, also with uh, what I have been working on uh, uh, to help MMA in Africa, um, it was easier for us to partner because I have I have already had a vision and even a project that I have built for uh, for MMA in Africa. So we just joined, I, we shared that, um, and I just overlooked everything. They keep they still keep uh, they will keep the operation uh, everything that is like operation but I will overlook. Do you have any idea when the first PFL Africa event might happen? We 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 talk about that uh, quite a while. We talk about that a lot, and uh, they, we were talking about like I was pushing for life for next year. 2024 and then they make up some good good point because we have to go there and uh, push fighters and in the in, in those small promotion to have good training and good experience so we're gonna uh, provide them resource to bring up their level at this at the same time it's gonna also help help us to set up the uh, the company there because it's the African company we're gonna set everything there we're gonna announce uh we're going to build everything there, find the venue and do all the logistic work. So, so they said we, we are looking at the beginning of 2025. But I'm, even though I agree with them, I'm still pushing for 2024. <laughs> for you personally, would you like the first PFL Africa event to be in Cameroon? Considering that's where you're from and, and, and I would imagine that means the most to you or do you, does it not, you know? If it's not Cameroon, it's okay as long as it's in Africa. Okay, so uh, this is the thing. Um, I'm Cameroonian, and uh, I will always fight for Cameroon. But 
uh, here I stand as African and uh, I will take the decision that is good for the continent that not not something personal because oh it's Cameroon if he has to be in Nigeria he's going to be in Nigeria if he has to be in Congo he's going to be in Congo as long as we uh, together think that is the best decision to be made yes I have my pride as Cameroonian but here we are on a mission that is bigger than just being a Cameroonian so I've seen a lot of uh, positive feedback today about this deal because it seems like people recognize that you're getting the things that you want. You told us back in January, you want respect, you want freedom, you want dignity, you want to grow the sport in Africa. It seems like you got all these things. The only kind of negative that I've seen really so far, and I want to ask you about it is, yes, this is great, but it sounds like he's not going to fight until 2024. We want to see him fight earlier because, of course, the last time we saw you was in January of 2022. Why is it that it doesn't seem like you will fight for PFL this year, that it will be next year, 24? First of all, it's my life. I will lead it on my way. If you're happy, good. If you're not, oh no, I'm sorry. First of all. Secondly, as I said, this deal is exclusive MMA. And also, um, we will need, PFL will also need time to find a a opening for me to build up the opening, right? Because I'm not going next month to fight, right? And also, there is uh, the boxing component that is still in consideration. We don't have an announcement yet, but as I said, there's a lot of timing in this. Um, we can have a big fight or not, or just a tune-up fight sometime soon and that's what i'm hoping to have a a boxing fight before fight in pfl so that's also one of the reasons why um 2024 is the best fit so, in so a perfect everything world has you... to happen tyson fury is still on out there deontay wilder is still out there i don't know about anthony joshua all those guys are still out there and there is an opportunity as well there's a possibility as well to take a tune-up fight, you know, to get there and have a feeling about it once uh, before the big fight, whenever it comes. So the perfect world for you is you fight in boxing this year and then MMA 24, right? You, you want to fight this year. It would just be boxing first, right? Yes. Um, could you tell us, are you close to making a decision which route you'll go in boxing? Opponent, promoter, promotion, platform. Is there, is there anything close right now? No, I'm not close because uh, I'm close. Yes, I know. You know, here sometimes you're close to something and then you switch overnight and then you have to move back. Um, we were so we were very close with uh, Deontay Wilder at some point. And then I think he got an offer. Uh, to fight for the title or something like that, then uh, he pull off uh, the table, which is understandable. Uh, but he's still okay to do this fight, but he has to be after the other one that is important for his career or something, right? So we will see. As we are speaking, uh, for by next week, we can come up with news, some news sure. by next month or in two, three months. So 
but he's working in the process. We are out there working. My team is working. The on one it. that made all the buzz and the one that I think is still there is the Tyson Fury one. You were in the the ring with him um, after Dillian White, and it seemed like he was the one that was bringing you over and talking about having this special fight with you, all this stuff. And then it seemed like all of a sudden he kind of forgot about it. And then it seemed like he was going to fight Usyk. And then it seemed like the Usyk fight died. It feels to me like there's an opportunity to to potentially revive that. Do you feel the same way? There's an opportunity. There are opportunities out there. And uh, the Tyson Fury uh, is always been, have always been one. Obviously, at some point, uh, we couldn't move because of the uh, music fight that they were going back and forth. And then um, there's an opportunity with that. Okay. And I think uh, it's still in the line, it's still the top of the list um, to fight Tyson Fury. And that can still happen. Would you say Tyson Fury is like the number one, like in a perfect world, that's the guy right off the bat? Or do you have a different vision? You, Tyson Fury and I, we've been go back, going back and forth for the past uh, three years. I <laughs> so I think, and for the past three years, we have been building this. So yes, I would say, yeah, if I have to put somebody in the top of the list, I would say Tyson Fury. Um, yeah, it's hard because they are very close. Uh, Deontay right. Wilder. Uh, as well, Anthony Joshua. But the problem is that we didn't. Um, we have more conversation with uh, Deontay and his team. But everything is possible, so there is a opportunity. Uh, when when Jake Paul signed with PFL, he offered Nathan Diaz a deal where they would fight once in MMA and then once in boxing. I feel like now that you're with PFL, maybe a a potential opportunity to offer the same to Tyson one MMA fight, one boxing fight. Would you be interested in that that's what he's been he has been he's been asking right i'm very interested in that we do the boxing match first then I, he, he gets some training i'm waiting i'm waiting uh, him in the octagon in the smart oh cage in the smart cage yeah. that's right this, will, this will be crazy in the pfs smart smart cage with those gloves that would be dope okay um could i ask ultimately you went with pfl for mma was it down to PFL and someone else as far as MMA is concerned? Were you weighing two or three options? As I said, as I, uh, since the one that I spoke to P, and uh, he was clear that I was 50% in. Okay. So the reason I asked that is because I want to go through some... some um, comments that some people made. David Feldman, the founder of BKFC, was kind of the first one that came out and said, you're, you're asking for too much. And, you know, if you don't jump on something quickly, you know, you're going to lose some of your momentum, some of your leverage. When you heard those comments from him, what did you think? Because I think people started to hear these comments, and I'm going to get to Chatri in a moment. And they're like, oh, look at Francis fumbling in the bag. Not considering that perhaps maybe you weren't interested in going to them. But because they were coming out first, they were doing the whole like, uh, X this one, X that one. So first, uh, the comments from David Feldman, did you ever seriously consider BKFC? And if yes or no, what did you then make of his comments when he talked about how you were handling your situation? Um, I just think he assumed that I'm so expensive, obviously, because he has to take a loan of his house to put on the show. Then I think he assumed that that loan couldn't pay me. 
because I never spoke to him. My team never spoke to him. And then when wow. I saw his comment, I'm like, where is this guy coming from? Then I checked my phone. I called my team. I'm like, do somebody talk with this guy that I don't, I'm not aware of? And everyone checked his message. Well, I'm like, bro, we just saw this. And they're checking. I'm like, no, we haven't talked to this guy. So I don't know where he came from. So that's even why I didn't talk about it. I'm like, this guy is just a joke. He's, but, you know, um, and at some point, he was promoting his show, his event. Yeah, he's going to do anything, take a little bit of PR uh, here and there, everything that he can do. But I never talked to that guy. We never asked him anything. And he never even reached out, not to say we, was, we weren't interested. We weren't, but he never even reached out. So he didn't know if yes or not we were interested. Okay. So that's, um, two that's, sides that's to the like, story. That's, that's why, like, that's uh, what um, I say, like, some promoter out there, hey, bro, two faces, crazy stuff. A few weeks ago, I had uh, Chachri Sichotong, the founder of One Championship, in studio. He said, I'm meeting with Francis on Saturday in LA. I feel like we are close, um, and, and I think that we can offer him the best deal. Uh, the, the, the meeting happens. Sunday night, Monday morning, I wake up to a message from Chachri saying that, you know, we're we're out of the Francis sweepstakes. We couldn't come to terms on you know the the non financial terms. Then it comes out. He said that he, you wanted to be on on their board. That you wanted to control how much your opponent made. All this stuff. When you heard um, what Chatri said after the fact, what did you think? Well, I think he's just been Chatri. Um, I've heard about it, but I wanted to. I have to uh, feel on my own. You know, um, I think Chatri was just performing. First of all, he has a meeting and he has to go on the show to announce the meeting. Everybody that I have had a meeting with, I had meeting with PFS so uh, many times and you never heard of. I haven't signed with PFS and you never heard of. But you have a guy that we are going to talk. And before then, he knew, I have told him and uh, Matt, Matt Humes that Matt Humes that I get a best offer from PFA and this and uh, I don't think um, this is not we are not I'm not going to do any negotiation with you guys and that was like back like six weeks before that and um, you're like oh I can fly you to my show in Singapore I can fly to Cameroon I can this and he was all in me like oh, I'm like bro this is too much. I don't know how to handle this. Like, how did he gonna fly to Cameroon? What for? I just tell the guy the situation, and then he keep pushing. Uh, and he was, and then I send it uh, to my team. Like, bro, I can handle this pressure from Chatri. Then uh, he keep pushing, keep pushing, and like, yes, I'm gonna be in LA. Then they were like, yes, Francis is coming. Uh, so I have to see him for respect. You know, we had a talk. I respect the guy. I love, I mean, matter of fact, I love Chatri. Before this drama, I'm like, oh, I like this guy. I like his story. Now I even doubt, I even question if that story is true. Uh, but I used to love that story. So we met in, uh, in LA and I was just like, and upfront, before every, anything start, I'm like, 
listen, this is the thing I have told you this. I'm going, uh, I'm favoring PFM right now. And he was like, then why do you get me here? I'm like, so listen, first of all, I respect you. And uh, even if I sign with PFL and someday come that you say, I want to meet you, Francis. You you didn't say we are come, you want to meet me on the business because you were on with my team talking on in business, and then you say you want to meet me. So sounds like it's not business anymore, right? So then uh, then he started to put like all this stuff like uh, started showing me all those screenshots like i think he showed me like 13 screenshots uh, uh all the statistic how uh, uh one fc is uh, uh the second more view sport in the sport is more he has more view on youtube than the uh, premier league than nfl than nba i'm like damn whoa and he has a lot of those i'm like hold on hold on a minute like Anyway, that was the whole meeting. And at some point, uh, I really like, okay, it's good. I respect this guy and I take this meeting. I don't want to be rude. But I mean, I was just coming out of a 11 hours flight and uh, have another flight to take uh, to go back home. So I thought he would be like one hour or something or one hour each. Find myself over two hours. I have to drink like three or four cup of coffee over there, listening to like all those statistics, how one one F, uh, one FC is in Asia. Asia is 4.6 billion people. They're going to do this. They did that. They showed that. Uh, um, they show me on one FC. I'm going to explode. I'm going to be like Nelson Mandela. Hey, bro. He's, he, was a, he was a hell of a performance. By the way, I applaud Chatri for his performance. Uh, when when you left the meeting did you consider it at all or were you did like did he change your mind at all when you left the meeting or consider what i didn't talk to him about business it was just about battery all this time oh i told him about what p uh, like okay this is my position i come here to listen i don't know what you have to say and here i'm like yes i can send this number to you i'm like uh, i send it to markel already i'm like okay if you send to Markel, then it's enough. You don't need to send it to me. Markel handled all that. So, and then he didn't send it to me. I didn't, and I didn't engage into like, oh, I want this, I want that. I didn't have any engagement. I mean, I'm sitting on the table and tell him that, okay, I'm going with this guy. So I have no reason to even ask him something. And you, I'm like, why so much? Like, what can I do? What PFS giving you that? you can't change your mind. Then I'm like, they are giving me so many things. They are giving me your PFA Africa and this. And I'm like, now, uh, yes, we can do, as I told you, we can do road to one. Uh, We have road to one from this road to one. I'm like, no, bro. I'm saying PFA Africa. I'm not saying road to PFA. It's different. Completely different. And then uh, this, yeah, the structure is there. They have, uh, they have like a fire advising board that, I think he misunderstood at that point. Uh, he didn't really understand because I said this was there already. I'm not even the one asking for it. The fighter advising ball exists in the PFL already. I said they have this, um, they have that. Uh, they are even offering a guarantee for me. 
And you know, I'm like, we have a biggest platform, a biggest platform. We can put you in our platform if you want to fight any type of uh, combat sport, whether it's MMA, boxing, uh, kickboxing. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, where do you come from with kickboxing? Like, we do the W, I think it's a WBC in, back in 2018. We get this guy from Thailand, fight at home. I'm like, I think that was one thing that I had to call him out of. I'm like, yes, no disrespect, but I don't think my, my boxing career has to be put in that level. You kind of like diminish my boxing uh, uh, career. That was one thing that I'm like, okay, Chatri, I think that was like kind of like the enough is enough type of thing, you know. And uh, But I tried to stay, I, I mean, I was respectful. No, like I try, I was respectful. You have a guy that uh, you you admire and he was talking, even though you didn't, you, was, you weren't in, you were listening, right? I listened to him and I give the time. I was just checking on my watch, make sure that I will not be late uh, in my flight because I still have one hour to get to the airport. And then we talk, nice, and uh, get off the phone. And then next day, uh, it was Andrew sent me a screenshot of Chattery saying, oh, one FC decided to withdraw the, their, their offers. Uh, and I'm like, hold on, which offer are you talking about? The offer wasn't taken in consideration. You know, we draw an offer that they haven't taken, right? And uh, say, yes, uh, no financial, no financial related or something, but with, I didn't just feel the energy. I'm like, really? You sit there, speak for three hours, and you didn't feel energy. You could have caught that meeting at any time. And uh, anyways, and uh, but I just knew that that was in... Um, uh, PR move. Uh, so what I did, I checked on our message, the message that we had had, and see if it deleted the message. And then, first of all, I I record all the message like, okay, Chatri is up to something. This is like a Chatri move right now. And uh, obviously, I found one message mi missing afterward, but I record all the message uh, to like, okay. Let's let's do what you're you're about to do. I'll watch. But I know that at the end of the day, I'm gonna come out and I'm gonna call him out. If he do something, uh if he do something in that regard, uh right, if he uh lie, I'm gonna cut him out along the way. And that's why, like then the next day I saw I start seeing on social and he was like, Yes, then he switched on his own. Instead of like, yes, we withdraw. And then here I'm like, uh, he went to from from we withdraw to like, no, Francis was asking for too much. How do you withdraw a deal that somebody was asking too much, right? So you were technically, that was two things. Which one is it, Chatrin? Which one is the truth? Choose one, but it can be both together, right? Anyway, I saw that and... Uh, I'm like, oh, this guy is a performer. That's when I put I put this tweet out, like some promoter out there, man. They are just they are two faced. But at least for Chatri, I have to speak. I I spoke with him. I can't deny that I spoke with him. Uh, I met him in person. We exchanged on text message. But this guy, David Fairman or whatever is it, I don't know that guy. To be honest. By the way, the the message that uh, Chatri deleted. Do do you remember what it was? 
Yes, it was like when I I, I, I checked on it and looked at the timing, the date, and it was the message that I knew. He was like, yes, I can fly to Cameroon. It was the I can fly to Cameroon part. Okay. But I have all his message. I'm like, this guy, like, because when I, you look, I went back and look at the message. I'm like, okay, something. But, you know, they have told me about Chattery, like, oh, is this? I'm like, no, I can't judge a man by people opinion. I respect the guy, and uh, they can all get wrong about somebody sometimes. Uh, but he was just chattering. He said in the media <laughs> that the uh, the deal was for a guaranteed of a minimum of twenty million for two fights. Did you ever even hear that number? Um, Michael and Andrew, they told me about something that he was putting but as i said and listen one of the things that was in chatry at you uh that he was showing off like okay this is what i have like we have money kind of type of thing i'm like listen this is way more about money you have to take consideration about some stuff right and uh we, we didn't talk about money. I didn't ask him anything. I listened to this guy talk. The only thing that we spoke about was like, oh, you know, introduction, talk about family, talk about fun stuff before get step into it. But I didn't talk anything about it. And I didn't say this is, uh, this. I, I want this. I, I didn't say like, oh, I could, ha- uh, I could have this. Because obviously like, if you're, if you're engaging with somebody, in the negotiation, even if it's a good deal, you will still like, yes, but this, I mean, you get a leverage. You, if that's an offer, you get a leverage of negotiation. I didn't initiate anything. I didn't want to give him that hope. So he left the table, like knowing that nothing is happening. Like I couldn't try and because at some point it was like, what can I do to make you change your mind? I'm like, uh, I don't know. It's, you know, so I think he felt he felt really bad about it. This explains the um, the board of directors and all that. You had told him, it seems, that this is what they were offering you, and he comes back and I guess interpret it as, oh, he's asking for this, 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 and that, and I can't give him that. And so, so as I said, you I know, didn't ask him for move. anything. Okay, I didn't ask now, him for the- anything. The one that I thought was really interesting that was quiet throughout this whole process was Bellator. Did you or your team ever talk to Bellator about a potential deal? Yes, I met, um, yeah, we talked to them and uh, they clearly, and uh, they were very professional. They say at this uh, stage, um, we are not uh, in the position to uh, initiate the offer. We wish you good luck and this. So they never made an offer and they never made any big deal of it. So we never have a negotiation. When you're sitting back and watching this whole situation play out, and not, you know, I saw the video that you posted on uh, Saturday as the teaser, and, you know, there's the clip of Connor talking about it on on our show, and uh, I believe Chael as well, and other fighters have weighed in on this. Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? You may, uh, Daniel Cormier said, you know, bite the bullet and go back to the UFC. When you saw some of your fellow fighters, a lot of them, uh, not waiting to see how the situation played out to see what the the end game was. 
it's one thing for the media, the fans to say it, but fellow fighters, how did that make you feel? Well, you have to understand. You just, you have to understand that the, I'm, I'm where I am now for one reason. I was the only one to be able to do what other fighters cannot do. You know, basically for fighters that have a long-time career. So obviously, I am misunderstood by them. They don't understand what I'm doing. That's, that's obvious. You can't even ask that. Um, I mean, some people, uh, as I said, and I'm saying this true, like some people by, might be uh, uh, waiting for you to lose. And, um, but all I can say is that I'm sorry for them. I only have... Uh, tissue for them to, to wipe their tears because I'm winning. <laughs> do you feel that way? If do you feel like needs, a lot of people... If somebody are... needs yes. a tissue? <laughs> do, you feel, do you feel like a lot of people are, are rooting for you to lose? Some are. Uh, some don't just understand the situation. Um, some also want you uh, because like when there is a news, uh, something like that, someone, your, your side, your... And if since they don't have your own re your reaction instantly, and then the only thing that they have is what is out there, and they take it in consideration, but that always lasts a very short period of time until you set up you reset the scale. On the flip side, do do you get support from a lot of your fighters? Maybe not publicly, but are are you feeling yeah. support and love? Is it more private than public? It's more private. It's been more yeah. private since. Since the beginning, yes. Since the beginning, uh, I've been having support from some fighter, but it's more private, and I understand that um, because at the end of the day, I wish everybody to do what's good for him, what he think is good for him. That's his choice, and uh, yes, to provide for his family. Can I ask you about something I talked to uh, Chael Sonnen about last week? We were talking about Nathan Diaz. His situation, somewhat similar to yours, he fought out his contract, he went and is doing something else, right? Nathan Diaz was at a UFC event recently, and they showed him on the screen, and they celebrated him, and they said the door is always open. Why is it that it feels like you would not get the same reception? Why is it that Dana White said recently, you know, the door is closed, you will never fight again in the UFC? Why does it seem so contentious towards you and not towards him, when in reality, it kind of feels like the two of you did the exact same thing? I think the person to answer that question best is Dana White. But listen, we, we have a, a, long, a, good, a long relationship. Uh, I respect that. I respect uh, what uh, UFC have done for me. I appreciate them. I move forward. With my life, we had a contract. I fulfilled the contract. We didn't, we couldn't agree on another one. Then I go on my side. We should be, they should be able to go on their own side without a bad blood. I, I don't have anything personal. Uh, is I'm just doing business work, and I, I, uh, I'm obligated to do what is good for me. You understand? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I'm sorry if what is good for me is bad for somebody as long as I don't personally hurt you. I mean, fairly, I'm just doing what is good for me. The rest, I don't care. Do I look like someone that, why should I be upset? Why should I be, everything is being playing out 
pro, pro, very well for me. So I'm good, man. <laughs> Has the door closed in your mind too? Like, are you saying like, you may have closed the door, but I, I closed it long. Like, do you feel the same way or are you not that type of person? Um, in the in the fact that, um, yeah, I didn't just like the, th- the way that things plays out. And um, I met with, before my, uh, before my last fight, when I fought a uh, Syrian gun, I met with Dana in a Delia, a, a, a restaurant out of a win. And then uh, I went to him, we, we spoke, I'm like, yes. Uh, and I said, I appreciate everything that you, you've done for me. I appreciate all the, the help. But um, at this point, I feel like I don't belong anymore. I feel like I'm not in the promotion. I'm, I'm in the fight in the promotion. And I don't know exactly how come I get to a fight with a promotion. Uh, he was telling me, and he was like, yes, we want you here. Uh, we, we want you here. Uh, I think we, you have to uh, change your, uh, your team or something. And now I'm like, no, um, I feel like I've been in the promotion uh, uh, lately without a promoter. I don't have a promoter anymore. And I said this to Dana, like, I don't feel like I belong. And you're know, like, what do you mean? Like, have you ever want to come to a event and you don't get ticket? Or have you ever want to go to the PI and couldn't access? And for a moment, I thought about it. I'm like, man, this guy is so good. Like, look how he switched this, this situation. So what I'm working, I will be working my whole life to have access for event and the PI. So kind of, anyway. But personally, and I have to talk to him like man to man. I'm like, I'm cool, right? I'm not, I'm not just happy of how our business is going. That's all. So okay. And and, and you 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 mentioned uh him saying that you need to change your team. Um, and you mentioned Markel, Markel Martin, who has been your manager for a long time, but you told us in January that you were kind of going to do things on your own, but I know that he has helped you and guided you and been a consultant throughout this process. So what could you say about the way it was all handled from a kind of managerial perspective? Because I think that's the thing that, you know, when Dana puts it out there, people parrot that and say like, oh, you don't have the right people behind you. You need to change your team. Are you happy with your situation now from a kind of business managerial perspective. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Um, first, uh, the reason why uh, I wasn't working with Marquez as a manager, it was when CAA, because Marquez was, I was CAA. So Marquez mm-hmm. was a manager out of CAA, and then CAA, they diluted their uh, combat sport division. Then I started to reset things. Uh, Marquette created a, a company with his friend, uh, Andrew. Then, I mean, I love the guy. We've been, uh, uh, he's been around uh, helping and we have a good relationship. He always has my back. Uh, and I'm like, okay, if you need somebody in your team, he's a guy that you know that has your back. You know, I can sleep without worry. And he's the man. And I don't... I think at that time, the reason why um, uh, Michael was getting all those uh, hate was because he was CAA. He was speaking on behalf of CAA. And uh, for somehow, I feel like there is a, 
um, bad blood between CA and and them. Mm-hmm. Okay, but so now he's back to being. Would it be fair to say he's your manager? Yeah. Okay. Um, that that answers a big question because uh, a lot of people are wondering how you were navigating all of this, and so you're you're back with Markel, and it seems to have worked out uh, very nicely for you. Um, it's working out very nicely, by the way. For he always worked out very nicely. Great, we, I'm happy to hear that. All this time. Uh, yesterday on the show, I spoke to a young man who calls himself le meilleur, the best in French, Cédric <laughs> Dumbé. What a character this guy is. I think he wanted to break the news, if I'm being honest. Uh, he has also signed with PFL, and he's going to debut in June. He is also from Cameroon, now living in France. He seems very excited about being in the PFL, uh, a huge fan base he has. Uh, what, if anything, do you know about Cédric Dumbé? Do you have a relationship with him? Uh, no, I don't have a relationship, personal relationship with Cédric Dumbé. I met him, uh, I think that was six years ago in Paris, in the gym, couple time, twice, I think. But uh, I know him. I know him as a, uh, even when he was fighting kickboxing, even before that, I know him already from uh, his uh, K1 um, glory. Glory, glory, yeah. Yep. Yeah, okay. Uh, but that's someone who, you know, could be a huge uh, part of the PFL Africa plans as well because he's so popular also in Europe too. Um, and I'm going to wrap this up in a moment. Thank you so much for the time. Uh, c- could I also ask, is there anyone in the heavyweight division in PFL right now that is of interest to you? Are you familiar with any of the names there? Or is it possible that it will be someone outside? I saw Fabricio Verdum calling you out. Is it possible that it's going to be someone from outside of PFL who you'll make your debut against? At this point, everything is possible. Uh, and all the guy uh, in the PFL right now, even the champion, like one thing that is clear um, is that the we're going to see how the season go. That's one thing. And I don't know, maybe the opening will be coming outside, but that's the PFL work. It's not mine. I'm not a matchmaker. I'm just a fighter. Okay. Um, it would be interesting if they say the winner of the heavyweight tournament gets a million dollars and then gets to fight you you know for a minimum of two like that that would you're you're the ultimate prize at the end right you're the lineal heavyweight champion of the world you're the baddest man on the planet Mm -hmm. i feel like that would make the tournament even bigger right yes for sure no is uh, that being discussed or or not yet that's that's the that's the option obviously okay that's an option okay yeah. Do you have a uh, of the people available? Do you have a, a a dream fight out there right now uh, of the people who are not in the UFC that you could potentially fight? Is there someone out there that you would love to fight? Um, no, yet people out of the UFC. No, not yet. Okay, there are not so many uh, free agents. There are not so many. Yeah, but that could change by the time you <laughs> fight, right? That that and, could and, change. So that's what. We have some time for for that. Yes, and if you were to predict what month or so, what time frame do you think you'll make your debut for PFL? What do you think? Uh, April, March, May, next? What, what are you thinking? January, uh, maybe February? February? Maybe February, February okay. or March. Yeah, that I like would be that. my prediction. Okay. Um, do you feel, Francis, like, uh, like we haven't addressed something? Is there something else that you would like to uh, get off your chest now live on the program? You've been very gracious with your time, as always, with us. 
Um, but I just wanted to know if there was something that you you wanted to talk about or address. It's been a long road to get to this point, and there's still a little more work to do, right? There's the boxing component, which I know means a lot to you. But up till now, yeah. is there something that we didn't address? Um, no, I we didn't. I think we did. We went to everything, um, and I can't remember. I can't think really straight. I didn't sleep too much tonight. No, I know. Um, I know. You did a great I, job I have, for someone who didn't did. sleep a lot. I have a I have a back to back interview. By the way, someone is waiting me. But we did oh, everything. Geez, I'm, so, and, uh, I'm sorry. I didn't know someone was waiting. I don't like to be rude to them. Uh, I apologize. No, no, I didn't no. Know that some... no. No worries. No worries. But, uh, you know, as I said, uh, I wanted to say I thank the UFC for the opportunity for the seven years career. And uh, I also thank you, say thank you to PFL for this new opportunity. Um, not only for me, but for the opportunity that we're bring, now bringing it back in the continent and uh, to all our fans, the real fans that been following and support, or the real media, because of media, I don't know, but I do thank everyone. <laughs> so, yes, it's been great. It's been a good, a good stuff to work on. I- Yes, a uh, very exciting time. And I saw a nice little video there from Jake Paul, who's also with the PFL. He was very excited about you joining. And then the next tweet, he said, and now I found out that uh, Francis picked me to lose against Nathan Diaz, but that's why I respect him, because he keeps it real. So perhaps uh, th- there's some uh, no, <laughs> business I mean, to be I, had. I have, I've, been, I've been realistic. I mean, J- Jake Paul, make his, uh, he made his statement as a boxer because at first he was just a YouTuber. I think yeah. now... Uh, He's a boxer, but I know the, I know Nate. But if I have to think realistically, attempts to go to Nate more because he's a tough motherfucker. Yes, <laughs> and uh, as are you, my friend. As are you, and I like the way you ended your video have, on your YouTube have, channel. They're gonna have a good. They're gonna have a good fight, though. They're gonna. It's gonna be a fun fight, and I I can't wait to see that. But. And if uh, Nate win, then I'm all in, right? One step away, one proof. I'm all right. in. <laughs> yeah. I like okay. the way you ended your video on your YouTube channel. You're still the baddest mofo on the planet, uh, the lineal heavyweight champion, and now the newest member of the Professional Fighters League. Thank you so much for the time, Francis. Really appreciate it. And again, congratulations on this big deal. Thank you, Aria. Thank you to everyone listening. Okay, there he is. Le Predateur, Francis Ngannou, joining us live on this special Tuesday edition of the program. Uh, Appreciate everyone who is uh, watching live. And we will react to that interview, which I thought was uh, supremely interesting and really appreciated. I didn't know that there was someone waiting. I I, I would have wrapped it up sooner. I had no idea. Let's see. Did I get the rap sign from anyone? No, no rap sign. Um... So, uh, yeah, all good there. And uh, GC and New York Rick are going to join us. New York Rick featured heavily in the announcement video, so he got to get his thoughts on uh, what just transpired and what was said moments ago by one Francis Ngannou. So stay tuned for that. We'll go another 20 or so minute here on the special Tuesday edition of the program. But first, a quick word from our good station. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. 
DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash mma.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator friends over at please support them because they support us all right so the francis and ganu interview has come and gone time now to get some reaction from the boys mr gc who's in new york city mr new york rick featured heavily in the promo i mean as far as like the big moments in your career in new york rick where does that <laughs> i mean you go on this snazzy problem with the guy's driving a bentley for goodness sakes and it's your voice it's a fantastic uh, clip too i mean it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, a it's almost like you curated it for the video rick Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Listen, you know, I may have put in a good word to get that placement and uh, they abided. Uh, no, it was it caught me off guard. I'll be honest, hearing my own voice when I clicked that because I didn't expect that. Um, but yeah, cool. Very cool. But I mean, more than anything, you know, let's talk. Let's talk. Angano. Let's talk. Mr. OK, so uh, Francis, your Angano thoughts, here, Rick, I'll go to you first. Uh, you're th- we've been talking about this for quite some time. I mean, even dating back to prior to January, like this was the story of the year. It's really been. Since he says three years, like I would say, like it really started to heat up leading up to the surreal gun fight when we knew that he was going to play out the deal, right? And so now here we are with one half of the the picture painted, if you will, right? It's the MMA component yep. done, signed, sealed, and delivered. Your thoughts on the deal? 
the points of the deal and and what he said in the interview. I mean, there's a lot of different directions here. Go ahead. Yeah, there's a lot of different things to think about. Um, I've always thought, and I and I've said this on our show. I've always thought that he should have signed the MMA deal first. Um, I know the boxing in terms of the timeline of what he wanted to do and actually enter the ring, um, the the arena to compete in, was boxing first. But I've always thought this boxing foray is going to be um, a risky proposition, right? It's it's not his primary sport. As much as he wants to be a boxer and loves boxing, um, and and that's not to say he's not going to have success in that realm, but it's risky, right? MMA is his bread and butter. MMA is where he makes it. He's made his money to this point. I've always thought he should find the MMA home, solidify that, and then go chase the boxing fight, which is, you know, coincidentally how it ended up. I'm not sure if um, that's how he intended it to end up. It seems like he's been trying to work on boxing things for a long time. So that might be more um, a timing thing than, than an intentional strategy part. But I've always thought that this was the safest route, right? Now he's got his MMA home locked up. There's no more conversation about like, did he make a mistake leaving UFC? Is there is he going to find an MMA home? All these people are talking about it. That part's sewn up, and now he can focus solely on, do I take a fight against a lesser opponent? Do I take a fight against a big-name boxer like a Tyson Fury or Deontay Wilder? Are they even interested in boxing me? Now he can solely focus on that. As far as the deal itself, I mean, how could this be looked at as anything but but a home run? He talked about all the different elements beyond the money, um, that were important to him. He mentioned them in the initial interviews with you, the things that he wanted from UFC and other people who were coming to the table that were negotiating points that he wanted to see from a pers- prospective um, employer slash partner. And PFL seemed to check all of those off. The one that I, I didn't hear um, him discuss or or see out there yet was in regard to like wider kind of healthcare coverage and things like that. That was one of the points he made. But with him having a seat on this executive board and talking about all the things he's planning to do forward and their investment in him, to me, that feels like an opportunity for him to kind of continue to push for those things and have the representation and be the person in the room um, being a voice for that. So if you're looking at the list of things that he laid out previously, he pretty much got all of them. If you're looking at, um, did he, did he leave for a lucrative offer and be able to say that he can look himself in the mirror and stuck to the the morals and and the things that he believed he was standing up for at the time? You have to think that that's um, a success for him as well. And then from the PFL perspective, did, you know the de- the debate that I I hate um, about who's the number two promotion continues to rage on and rage on and rage on. If you're the promotion that signed the biggest free agent in decades. That's probably a good feather in your cap to be able to say, we're making a splash, we're the number two promotion, um, and and step out of the pack. And now it remains to be seen kind of like how they utilize them, what the pay-per-view is going to look like. There's a lot to there's a lot of bridges to cross when we get to them. But right now, day one of signing the contract, it feels like a win for Francis. It feels like a win for the PFL. And quite frankly, it feels like a win for MMA free agents moving forward. Like if you're if you're a big time free agent, if you're a Conor McGregor, if you're a John Jones, if you're an Israel Adesanya or any of these fighters and you come upon free agency, you've now got an example of what other organizations um, are willing to offer, what sacrifices, what what concessions they're willing to make. And your value instantly goes up. So it's up to the fighters. It's up to the future free agents. It's up for people that are in this negotiating position to leverage that. It's up to them to be able to um, recognize their value and push for it. But Francis and Ganu laid out a, br- a blueprint. If you're if you're somebody out there, you can now look to this and say, 
look at what he got in addition to the money, the, the concessions that were made, the things that he was able to negotiate for with his leverage. And I, I can't see this as anything other than a home run for everybody involved right now, right? There, there's still a lot yeah. to be seen, but right now it feels like a win for all parties. And so again, uh, it's exclusive as far as MMA is concerned. He could do whatever he wants as far as boxing is concerned. And, and who knows, maybe he does end up linking up with Jake Paul and MVP, but right now he's still a free agent in, in that world. Seemed like he was le- two, three fights max. You know, he didn't say the exact number. That's interesting. Uh, he's going to be fighting on pay-per-view, not on linear television. Chairman of uh, PFL Africa, uh, a seat at the table as far as the fighter advisory board is concerned, and he'll be, as of now, the own, uh, the only uh, active fighter on that board. Uh, minimum of two million guarantee, and that's the one that, like, the way that was spun into him being selfish that he's trying. <laughs> that the one was the best to me. Like that, that was spun as a bad thing. Two million. For whomever it is that is going to be fighting him is an insane thing. Um, own sponsors based on, you know, what their situation is, but a little bit of freedom there. I mean, again, people could say, oh, you know, equity in uh, the number two is is like having equity in a triple A. You could, say, you could spin this whichever way you want, but you go back to the original statements that he made, GC. He said he wanted respect. He wanted freedom. He wanted dignity. He wanted to be a part of something bigger than himself. It feels to me like we're checking off every single box. Now, I can understand. Joe Blow sitting at home in Idaho could not give two shits about PFL Africa. I understand he doesn't give two shits about Fighter Advisory Board. I can understand he doesn't give two shits about sponsorship, about minimum pay. He wants to see his cage fighting on Saturday night at Buffalo Wild Wings. That's all he cares about. And in his mind, he is upset that he is not getting John Jones versus Francis Ngannou. I will remind you that... Of the fights out there for Francis, who's been in the UFC for quite some time, the only mega fight left was John Jones, right? Like, Sergei Pavlovich, as great as he is, isn't a mega fight. Uh, Tom Aspinall isn't a mega fight right now. Jelton Almeida isn't a mega fight. These are all fights, and just like with John Jones, there's always going to be fights. This guy obviously wanted something greater. He wanted something bigger. He wanted legacy. He wanted future. He wanted expansion. He wanted the freedom, the dignity, and all that. How you can sit back and say he fumbled, he screwed up, this and that, after hearing all this is beyond me. Your thoughts on what just transpired, GC? Well, one thing that you said was, you know, how people have been pointing out how he has had such high demands throughout this and he's never going to get it. It it appears that he's gotten that with PFL. It feels like every box has been checked and uh, he didn't sell himself short on it. And two things that I find so interesting is, one, the PFL Africa thing and then having a seat on the board. He said that's for life now. He said that's forever. That's potentially setting himself up, not just to get paid now, but also for his post-fight career. He could end up having a career very long-term with PFL if things go very well for him. Another thing, that $2 million for his opponent, I was originally bummed all morning seeing that he wasn't going to fight till 2024. There was no opponent. You know, it, it kind of felt like it took a little bit of the juice away from it. But now that I think about it more with this $2 million guaranteed for his opponent, I'm inclined to believe that his opponent isn't in the PFL currently. I think that that $2 million is going to be able to lure someone else, a big name, an interesting fight to the PFL. And I mean, I think that's huge. I think those two things are my two biggest takeaways from the deal. You you took the words right out of my mouth the moment he said that. And I was thinking the same. You come out with a splashy thing like it's going to be Francis Ngannou versus so-and-so on this day. People now have something to chew on. And so I, I felt the same way as you when I saw this all 
progressing and, 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 and leading to this announcement today. But then when you hear that and you say, all right, February, because let's be honest, like all the dudes that he mentioned in boxing don't have fights just yet. And, and, and who knows how that plays out? And we'll see how it plays out. It, it, it might not be the situation that everyone wants from him. But again, I, I don't, I don't know if like, honestly, I don't think he cares. And, and uh, what we want may not be what he wants. But the point is, Come February, March, we don't know who's going to be available, how many fights people have left, all that. It's all very hush-hush. I mean, even he didn't want to talk about the fights he just signed for, for goodness sakes. Now, will the UFC, will Bellator, will these companies be, you know, they know what's up. So someone's asking, like, can I get another? Can I get another? They'll understand what's going on, and they don't make it easy to get out of contracts. But when we're assessing the deal now, we have to also take into account, yeah, the dude who he may fight in his debut may not be a, a free agent right now or a PFL fighter. And that kind of changes a lot. Um, there is a case to be made on the flip side. Hey, go in there, starch some jabroni in PFL. Anyone, anyone, build yourself back up again, get the momentum, knock out 60 seconds, 90 seconds, and then go to boxing as opposed to doing the tougher thing first and then going to MMA where they're paying you all this money. But he has said his, this man is, if, if, if nothing else, like a man of conviction and he has set his sights on this path and on this sequence of events, Obviously, he is willing to change course. He wanted the boxing announcement first. It didn't go down that way. He's doing things a little differently now. But this is really interesting. And anytime you can have a deal, like I, I see MMA Fighting posted uh, something where it's, uh, you know, fighters reacting. I can assure you of this. Every single fighter in the world, regardless of who you fight for right now, you are talking to your manager about this today. You are talking to your teammates at the gym today about this, your coaches, your your friends, your family. Can I do something like this? Can I set myself up with this? What do you like it's rare in MMA when there's a deal that is done that is outside of the UFC and that doesn't involve the mega fight, right? It doesn't involve this person versus that. It's just a personal business deal that he did that has the ripple effect that he just created. It's a huge freaking deal. This is one of the biggest moments in the history of the sport, good or bad, regardless of if you think it's good or bad, this is one of the biggest deals in the history of the sport, if not the biggest in terms of someone outside of the UFC. Obviously, the UFC does massive deals with Conor, Khabib, etc. outside. And then when you talk about the leverage and the equity and the power that he now possesses within that company, it's a big freaking deal. The, the one caveat I'll say to that is it has the potential to be, right? If the fighters don't follow Francis's example, if they don't look to this and use this to get that leverage the way you're discussing, then it will it will go. As an example, right? Conor McGregor, he was able to leverage and force the UFC's hand into letting him box Floyd Mayweather. He was so big, he was, he was able to make this happen. We haven't seen it since, but we've seen the kind of seeds of it, right? Francis wanted to do it. It seemed like maybe there was an opportunity potentially there. You have to be able to act on it. You have to be able to, to uh, exert that pressure and make that leverage happen. Francis has now created an opportunity for people to take advantage of that. It's going to be up to them to then do it. It's going to be up to them to say, this is what I demand. This is what I want the same way Francis did. And Francis did it and got what he asked for. He, he had said, Many times to you, multiple occasions to others, it's not about the money. It's about these other things. These are the things that are important to me. These are what I want. PFL proactively brought them to him, it sounds like, based on his account. He didn't even have to ask for many of these things. They were bringing them to him, uh, to the table, to court him, clearly wanted him, and was able to get the deal done. So, yeah, this could be a massive opportunity for fighters everywhere as long as they are willing to plant their feet the way Francis Ngannou did and take that stand. 
Yeah, and this right here, I think today is a win for him, no doubt. It really is curious to see where it goes. Like, I, he could end up fighting Jorgen DeCastro and Mo Green, and who, who knows what happens from there, and he can never get a boxing deal done. Or he, or he fights Tyson Fury, and he brings, like, a Taito Ivasa over to PFL, and PFL Africa is a huge success. You know, the jury is still out on whether or not it's going to be, like, a, a huge success, but I think today, right now, is, is certainly a win. Man. I still feel if, like the Tyson thing is is potentially there. Go ahead. If, if he if he fights Tyson if, Fury and he gets someone else to come to the PFL and UFC Africa is a success, like it yeah. will be one of the greatest the moves ever. Like, yeah. Sorry, well, I don't know what I just said, but PFL Africa. You said UFC. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My fault. Uh, if he fights Tyson Fury, I mean, I don't see how it's how it's not a win. If he fights Tyson Fury and has success with the PFL, even just a marginal amount, then then this is a win. If you isolate this just to the MMA portion and anybody still thinks this was a loss, they were going to think this was a loss regardless. Yes, there was no outcome percent. after leaving the UFC that somebody was going to be like, great, he did it. This hint, the the, the ultimate success, the, the big paydays, what everybody else is kind of viewing as success that might be a little bit different for Francis Ngannou is that massive boxing payday. That that is still an important factor in this, right? Like he still needs to secure that boxing opponent. He still needs to be able to leverage um, the the momentum that he has right now to into that fight. Um, and I think people will will grade it um, more more um, harshly or, or favorably based on that, right? But this, if sure. if anybody thinks that this MMA specific portion is a failure compared to what he had in MMA previously. They never. They, they, all they were interested was him resigning with the UFC so that he could fight They're John all, Jones. There wasn't really like a, a, an Jones. opportunity. That was yes. it. Yeah, yeah. If, it's yeah. Not like there's if a today, string of fights. If if today you're saying, oh wow, he really left the UFC to go to the PFL, you would have said, oh wow, he really left the UFC to go to Bellator to one championship to bare knuckle to any yep. of them. Sure. You would be saying that today. I mean, there wasn't going to be some promotion yep. that came out of nowhere that was going to be bigger than the UFC. Like if you're saying that today, you were going to say that no yeah. matter wherever he went. And and I That's hope right. that. Um, if there's any kind of lesson here, and I think there's a few lessons, you know, may, maybe maybe we chill on you know the 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 referendums and the indictments when it's promoters coming out and telling their sides of stories, yes. right? Like everyone yeah, was so quick, like listening to him tell the story of the meeting in in L.A. and like Chachri's great to me. I've no, I'm not trying to crap on him, but like hearing that side, hearing the side of the David Feldman story as well. But yet everyone was so quick to put out their little tweets with the X's and like, did he screw up? Did he mess up? There's no one left. And and talking about indictments, like the fact that Beltor never even made an offer and with the stories circulating about their future and their ownership and where they may be headed, that to me is a huge, you know, question mark now as well. Um you know, the folks at Bellator don't like when I compare them to the PFL, but they didn't even make an offer. They didn't even come to the table with something is, is a little bit surprising considering, you know, the international um, foothold foot that they have as well. So a lot of interesting things, I think, were said here today that um, if, you're, if you're listening and paying attention to could really shine a light on the current state of the business. Go ahead. It's not as simple as this, but if you proclaim to be the number two promotion – the biggest free agent in the world is somebody you should be making an offer to. Like, it's not that simple. Obviously, there's other factors involved, right? You you talked about some things that could be happening in terms of ownership and management and things like that. But this was in the this was a chance to plant a flag, and PFL took it and planted their flag. 
yeah. it's, it's, it's like, really that simple. Maybe not apples to apples per se, but LeBron James is available in 2010. Everyone takes the meeting with him, right? Everyone tries to take the yeah. meeting with him. Even if, you know, times are a little bit, you try to have that, that face-to-face. If you're not really going to, you know, engage in that face-to-face, like what, what does that say about the state of you, right? Um, at least throw something out there. Uh, and I just, yeah, the, the, the way this was all handled in terms of trying to, to shit on him before it all played out. And that's the same thing with the boxing component. We, we cannot say it was a success or not a success until we find out what happens here. Just wait to see how the story plays out. And, and, and by the way, we, 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 we can't even say this is a success. Let's wait to see how the PFL thing plays out. What if he injures his knee next week and something happens and he doesn't even make it to the cage and then who the hell, or what if people, who the fuck knows? But uh, to me right now, right this moment, a great day for Francis, a great day for the PFL, a great day for the sport and business of MMA. And again, I'll go back to every fighter on the planet is looking at this and saying, could that be me? Could I get this? Because regardless of what any of them say to you or me or anyone else, they all want the freedom. They all want the, they all know the window is this small. They all want this. And then something post fighting and opportunities to have a say and all that. That's what every fighter wants uh, more so than anything. And, uh, the dude freaking bet on himself and made it happen. And when you, again, I, I'm not going to go through his whole life story, but when you consider where he came from was so little to the point that he's at now, it's pretty fucking remarkable. And, and one other thing, this is not like, this is not the end, right? It's not Francis and Ganu like, okay, this is it. And then the, the story's written and we're done, right? Like he could go somewhere else years from now he could be a full-time boxer years from now he could be back in the ufc years from now like this was just one step along the journey this is just one thing that's happening right now and he's established his home uh for however long that's going to be right he was a little bit cagey in terms of establishing exactly how long it's going to be um but that's not it or it could be it as well but we don't know there's there's still so much to unfold i feel like there's a lot of like rush to finality on on this whether it be judging the deal before it even happened whether it be now okay francis is in the pfl and that's it we can cast him off well maybe he's not in the pfl years from now maybe he's there for the next 10 years who knows but there's still so much to play out it feels like the rush to kind of finalize the the verdict on all of this stuff or even like francis's future um is very short-sighted is is very like uh, social media culture everybody just has to has to have this finished so that they can divert their attention to something else the next shiny object let's just move on um who knows francis could be fighting whoever you want him to fight three years from now you don't know where this is going to go two last quick things for me uh i love the story about like do you ever not get tickets? Do you ever not get like that's what some fighters want, right? Like from the they want to be there front row and lost. That's what some fighters want, and uh, his his interpretation of that is like, wow, like you think that's what I'm here for? Free tickets and you know access to the PI, pretty remarkable. And as he said uh, so eloquently, Mama does know best sometimes, and so I guess that famous picture of uh, his mom wearing the BFL shirt was uh, <laughs> was a telltale sign that he would end up there one day. Pretty remarkable stuff. Um, some unfortunate news to end the day on. Uh, we did just get a tweet here from uh, our friend Jessica Rose Clark, who has announced Sad. that she's leaving the UFC. Uh, thanks for that, Frank. Frank sending a text to the uh, the group chat in the middle of the uh, Francis uh, interview. Appreciate I that. I mean, you're not supposed to be <laughs> watching your phone right now. Well, I mean, I'm watching everything, Frank, okay? 
uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, but she says she has some plans for the next step and she's very excited and she will, uh, she will announce that soon. So all the best to Jessica Rose Clark. Uh, any final thoughts, Frank, on what we heard today? I mean, I think everyone's been waiting on uh, your take on the uh, Francis yeah. situation. Um, yeah. To be honest, the last two notes you hit were my favorites. The, um, hey, but you can go to any UFC event you want for free. And then yeah. the second was, I imagine a world where Francis actually consulted his mom about the PFL. <laughs> and she was like, yes, son, this is the one. Yeah, they gave me a free T-shirt. No, no, and she's like, "Okay, well, I I get all this, the the guarantee, blah blah blah." But do we get free tickets to PFL events? (laughs) He's like, "Oh, I'm not really sure. Let me let me find out." (laughs) Oh my God, you know yourself, Frank. You know yourself. Um, Great insight there from Frank. It wouldn't be an episode without. No, it wouldn't. A special Tuesday edition in the books, friends. Thank you very much uh, for stopping by. Uh, I hope to uh, check in with you all from beautiful Dublin town. Anything you want me to bring back for you, Frank? Anything uh, you got your, you want some haggis? Do you want some, uh, what would you like? Bring it all. A couple okay. cans of the uh, Black Forge Stout. Oh, yep. yes. Can I bring that over the uh, yeah, I think you can. The pond? Yep. Mm. United so. uh, 1K Premium, I think you can. Provided you grab the right suitcase when you get here. Yeah. Oh, that's not very nice. Um, yes, uh, I will. Uh, I will look to check that out. And, and by the way, I know that haggis is a Scottish thing. By the way, everyone's going to get all upset. Ah, it's not Irish. Uh, black sausage. Yeah, is that let's a do thing? it. Uh, yeah. Is it black sausage? What is it called? Are you going to partake in one of your like traditional breakfasts on the day, or is it just for MMA that you do that? I, mean, I don't know. I guess I got to do something Irish, huh? Yeah. Is still around? Irish yeah, breakfast. Can... Isn't that a thing? I can figure it out. A little right. Irish coffee. Irish coffee. A little, uh, was it like Bailey's? <laughs> Bailey's, that... yeah. Yeah, we can do that. We can work something okay. out. We'll, we'll forget that out. We'll we got a few days. We got a few days. Yeah, we got a few days. We got a few days. Thank you, gents. Appreciate you all very much. Appreciate the crew very much as well. And uh, obviously appreciate Francis Ngannou very much. Uh, very exciting stuff. Appreciate him coming on the program uh, to talk about it all. And uh, yeah, that's it. Frank, you can hear my music. Ah, there it is. I thought that I was thought about it peculiar. for a second. Yeah. And usually you're good these days with that, but you were leaving me kind of... It was like a, a rebound that was just bouncing, bouncing. By the way, what do you guys wow. think of my home studio? Do you think that uh, we should just do the show from here all the time? I mean, I used to do the show from here during the pandemic for like three years, two years. What do you think, Frank? No. What was with the lawnmower or the vacuum? Well, some people need their... <laughs> there wasn't a vacuum, I can assure you of that. I thought uh, it was an airplane. I'm like, that is the longest airplane I've ever... <laughs> was it loud? Was it really loud? No, just... People Obviously, like to get their listen for. their lawns mowed. Uh, what can I say? Uh, they should do it at night. What can I say? I save the day, I guess. Actually, there's a um, a push to ban like the leaf blowers because they say it, it it makes too much noise during the day. Yeah, they should be using scissors and a rake. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Although I think less people are working from home these days, so I don't. We don't have this problem in New York City. That's true. That's true. We no, I will honk. not make this a habit. <laughs> It's, it's never the same, but uh, happy to be able to do this for all of you. No show tomorrow, like we said, so we'll be back on Monday. Um, 
to talk about what should be a very memorable weekend in the world of combat sports yet again. And by the way, full episode in the books less than 24 hours ago featuring the likes of KSI and Cedric Dumbe and Aljamain Sterling in studio as well. So go check that out on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Again, thank you so much to Francis Ngannou. Congratulations to both him, his team, his family, and the PFL. Going to be very interesting to see how this all plays out. I'm sure we'll be talking about it. Back on Monday, same time and place. Until then, I say, Bruce, I'm out of here. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code THEMMAHOUR. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. cdkng.com slash MMA.com. Yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.